and welcome to Karate Kid Master Dojo. This is Master Craig. How's everybody doing today? Hope everybody's having a good week. Um, in case you're joining us for the first time, I am Senior Master Craig Greca. I am a 6th degree black belt in the Universal Martial Art and a 5th degree master in the Taekwondo Martial Art. And we are here today to examine the teachings and trainings inside the Karate Kid universe, including the Cobra Kai Netflix series. So anyways, uh, today's example comes to you from the Cobra Kai in Season 2, where um, they show a lot of the Miyagi-Do dojo. And in that dojo, they have um, flower beds for the bonsai trees, in which they have mulch in them. Okay? Um, it's kind of like a Japanese-style gardens. And uh, in, in my personal opinion, I, I love Japanese-style gardens. They're some of the prettiest that I've seen. Um, I notice that sometimes they use uh, mulch, and other times they use rocks um, in their uh, designs. Um, and I covered the uh, rocks part in a earlier podcast. Um, but one, a uh, couple personal things here. Um, when I was in, uh, I used to live in Fort Worth, Texas for a couple years on a job. And um, there was a Japanese botanical garden there. And uh, I loved going there. It was awesome. Uh, it was very pretty, um, very peaceful. And... Um, I aspire to one day have my own little Japanese uh, botanical garden, or at least a smaller version, even if it's just uh, around my house or in the backyard or around my martial arts studio. Um, I aspire to have one someday. So anyways, uh, cutting right to the chase here, our topic today is spread the mulch. Okay, so when you um, have landscaping in the front yard, uh, you... Um, uh, spread the mulch around, and we'll be talking about that as our topic. Now, um, the history on this, my personal history, is that uh, when I was a kid, we had a pretty big yard, and my father was not big on using mulch uh, in flower beds. Okay, now, uh, in getting ready for this podcast, I was thinking about uh, some of the uh, things we did when we were kids, and sometimes some of it comes back to me. Um, but I believe that he thought it was a waste of money to buy mulch because when he grew up, what they did is they had kind of like a mulch pile um, in the backyard because they, they lived, they had a, you know gardens, kind of like living on a farm. Um, and they had a mulch pile where they piled up all their leaves um, in Michigan. Um, a lot of leaves would fall. They'd, they'd gather up all the leaves and they put them in a pile in the backyard along with uh, any other leftover dirt or whatever, um, and then that, that pile would mulch up, okay? And when that pile mulched up a lot, then uh, that was your mulch. So I um, thought earlier on that I used to see my father taking some of the leaves and mulch pile and putting it in um, wheelbarrows and putting that around the plants, okay? Now, that's not as clean looking as traditional mulch these days. Okay, um, even in our garden, my dad used to use a rototiller um, to uh, mulch it up before we planted the garden every year. Now, uh, when I got older and I was helping, I, I liked doing landscaping even when I was a kid. 
Uh, when I got older, though, I, um, I wanted to add mulch in our flower beds to make them look better and uh, started using it more. Um, there's actually um, a story there where um, I went to the store and I got bags of mulch and I did it without, I used my own money. And I um, wanted to do it because I thought it would look better. Then after dad saw how nice it looked, then he, he started contributing towards it and uh, he, we started using it more. Um, there's always sales on mulch at Home Depot. So either Home Depot or Lowe's, they always have the uh, sale every so often where it's uh, you know five for 10 and you get a pretty good deal on it. So anyways, um, the work task for spread the mulch. What do we got? Uh, first, we have to pick up the mulch from Home Depot. Okay, put it in your car and take it home. Um, one of the things that I always say is get more than you expect because the mulch doesn't always go very far. So like if you think you need, if you think, well, one bag there, one bag there kind of thing, and like I need about eight bags total for the front yard, always get 10. I always get a couple extra because uh, for some reason um, you, you, you do it and you kind of, you always wish you had a little bit more, you know, unless you've mulched recently, then you just need a touch up, but uh, get more than you expect. Okay. And then um, take the uh, bags when you first get them home and kind of disperse them evenly throughout where you're going to put them at. Okay. Then you can rip them open or use a shovel to open them up and then dump them in piles uh, throughout your landscaping. Okay, so you have a nice even spread. Then you can take those piles and you can spread them out using the palms of your hand. I usually recommend using gloves. Uh, mulch is sometimes uh, can be kind of coarse. Uh, it doesn't usually affect me too much, but sometimes I notice when I'm done that I have like, uh, we use brown mulch. Everybody has a different color they like to use, whether it's the uh, cypress looking mulch, the red mulch kind of, or the brown mulch or the black mulch. Whatever mulch you use, your hands always end up being stained that color, whether it be red, brown, or black. So um, it's a good idea to use gloves when, when spreading the mulch. You want to make sure that you ensure that you have full coverage in your, um, in your landscaping. Okay, And then when you think you've uh, done a pretty good job, step back and admire your work. Okay. Sometimes you think, you look and you see that you were a little thin in some areas and maybe sometimes a little bit too thick in other areas. So you want to make sure that to, to see if you uh, missed any spots or how it's looking. Okay. Now, um, mulch can be used um, in flower beds, uh, around shrubs in a flower bed. If you have your flower bed uh, outlined, um, they can also be done around the trees in your. Um, in your yard, okay, that always gets a nice clean look and keeps the um, um, keeps the weeds away. Okay, so that's one of the way one of the reasons why you put mulch in there is that it discourages discourages weeds. Okay, it makes your uh, around your trees look more a little bit more look cleaner. Okay, uh, for example, I was looking at some uh, pictures before I did my podcast today, and I, I see some Japanese uh, style gardens, and they usually have their bonsai trees. Um, outlined in mulch, okay. Um, sometimes they use rocks, but um, you know, other times they use mulch around the, the bonsai tree. Um, typically, um, just from my personal perspective, uh, I think that um, that mulch is cheaper than rocks are. I think you get more 
for your money with the uh, with the mulch than you do with the rocks. So um, either one of them doesn't matter which one you use. Um, if you use the the mulch, weeds will still grow up um, through the mulch or through the uh, rocks eventually. So you have to weed occasionally, but it does. Um, Mulch does give you a very clean and organized look to your yard and to your flower beds, okay? And one of the, uh, the principles of like a Japanese um, garden is to have things organized, okay? That the organization is somehow um, uh, brings symmetry to, to the world. So that's one reason why Japanese gardens are so um, well organized is because uh, that's kind of like a, a principle of them. And it, it's very um, aesthetic to do. So, um, Now, the martial art practice for spreading the mulch is this. We have a couple uh, techniques here. Today I, have, I outlined a few techniques that we do um, just outside the parameters of our martial art program here. Um, in my studio, I have a martial art called Universal Martial Art, uh, which is based on the Choi Kwon Do martial art. Um, and um, I teach a ninja warrior class as well. Um, and in the ninja warrior class, I do martial art movements that are, that are somewhat different than, our, than our, what we do typically in our Universal Martial Art class. Okay, so some of these techniques are, are not official UMA techniques, but we do them in class um, in the Ninja Warrior class for fun. So one of them is a double palm strike. Okay, um, when doing all these movements are, are based off of your work task of doing spread the mulch, and you use a lot of palm strikes to spread the mulch. So we're going to be we, doing that today. So... Um, the double palm strike is done just like the normal palm strike off the rear hand, except for you're going to strike with both hands at the same time. Now, um, some people would argue that you only need one palm strike, maybe not both. But um, sometimes when there's a strength mismatch, um, for example, um, uh, like a more petite female or child um, needs to get a bigger foe off of them sometimes by using both hands and the palm strike will help them to generate more force, okay? And also a bigger surface area um, of the strike to get them to push off, to get them off, off you. Um, they do this a lot in, the, in Kung Fu, um, I noticed, um, as well as the next martial art movement, which is the double open hand outward block, okay? Now, both of these are typically done together in what we do in uh, Ninja Warrior, and that is a uh, double open hand block, and then after that you strike with both your palm strikes. Okay, it's a very typical maneuver, and it's done in Kung Fu, um, and it's also done in um, the Karate Kid 2010 with Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan. I really like the movement a lot. It works. Okay. Um, it's used to get uh, an attacker, like for example, to say that a, a bigger male attacker is attacking a, a smaller female. She can use the double hand, open hand block to get his hands off her shoulders and then to double palm strike him as hard as she can into the chest 
causing him to reel back. Then, after that, you could do a heel kick to further hurt him and to get him to stop attacking. So we've done that in class before, and it's been a lot of fun. So both those two movements are very similar to how you do your mulching. Now, um, the next one is the prone back kicks. So when you're on your hands and knees doing the mulching, um, we have a kick called the back kick. And the prone version is when you're on all fours and then you kick straight back, kind of like a horse or a donkey, um, a mule, and uh, you kick very, very hard. The only thing bad about it is you can't always see what you're doing, um, but it's a very powerful kick, especially if you know they're back there. So um, I recommend on all these martial art movements, like the double palm strike, the double open hand block, that you do about 10 of each. Okay, so do 10 um, prone back kicks on one leg, 10 prone back kicks on the other leg. Okay, um, and just do it just like it sounds. You know, keep your, uh, your uh, stomach tucked, uh, use your rear um, muscles, when you're, your buttocks when you're doing it, so that you generate a lot of force. Don't arc your back because that will cause, uh, could cause some lower back um, issues if you are, are tensed up and you want to just kick straight back as you do that. So you can try two of those, I mean, 10 of those on each, each, each leg. Um, and then just for fun, there's also another version that we do. And I put this one in here for fun. You do the same thing, the prone back kick, but instead you spin on the kneecap sort of and then do a spinning uh, prone back kick. Okay, so um, this may not be as practical of a movement in self-defense, um, although it could work, and it's very fun to do uh, for students in class and also for demonstration purposes, uh, because anytime you do any kind of spinning technique, it always looks kind of cool. So a lot of times you can uh, combine this uh, and in fact, they do this in the Cobra Kai Netflix series. Uh, Samantha LaRusso does this. They call it a flip kick or something weird like that. But um, it is a spinning prone back kick. And what she's doing is that she's dropping. And you can do this smoothly by flipping over your foot. And you your foot to shin to knee kind of smoothly rolls down. And then you turn around and kick with your uh, other leg. So... You kind of drop down to your knee and then turn and do a spinning back kick with a prone position. So um, that's a lot of fun, and I encourage you to try that. You could try that five or ten times um, and try it on different legs to see if you can do it, although most people prefer one side or the other on that kick because that kick is a very difficult kick to do. Um, and I noticed that about spinning kicks, sometimes spinning and jump kicks, um, they sometimes are more um, easier on one side rather than the other. Now, um, the last one I have here uh, today for the martial art practice is something new that I came up with that I haven't really done before in class. And um, we have in our martial art a palm strike, a front hand palm strike. We also have a rear hand round palm strike. Now one thing that has not been tried is trying to do them both at the same time. So this was inspired by the double palm strike uh, movement, but instead doing one of them round palm so that the palm strike will catch them. This would be optimal 
um, to catch someone in the face with the front palm strike, and then the round palm strike to the ear at the same time. Um, I think that it'd be a devastating movement because uh, you'd hit them from the front and then surprise them from the rear and the side. Um, hitting someone in the ear causes uh, immeasurable um, inner ear damage, um, and it could be a very, uh, very nice movement. Okay, and it was inspired by doing the work task today. The way that you spread the mulch, I kind of pictured it, you know, doing a, a palm strike and a round palm strike together. You're kind of like cupping someone's head at the end. <laughs> so you're going to be controlling what they're doing with their head afterwards because you just hit them hard uh, from the front and from the side. But I look forward to trying that in class. And of course, I look forward to you guys trying it at home. Now, um, Remember that um, one of the things that we do here is we teach martial arts uh, to you at home. Um, but in, in order to fully learn this kind of this kind of training of martial arts, you have to unlearn your misconceptions about what constitutes training. Okay. Now, you can go into your front yard, and I've seen people do this before, and you can practice a few movements. Um, I call this, um, I had a name for it, forgot what I called it. There's these guys that come into the studio occasionally, and they, they want to test me out and see what they know. And then I have people that have taken my class before, but they take a few, they take a few months and they go home and they practice it. So they don't really want to learn martial arts. They want to just um, pick up a few things, then go home and practice whatever they feel like. Um, I, I used to have a name for that, and I can't remember what it is, but I, I've had students that do this before, and it's um, one of the things is it's, it's called delusions of grandeur. So sometimes they go home and they think they're uh, God's gift to martial arts, but they never do it in front of anybody else. So you gotta make sure you're careful of that. Um, the things that I'm talking about, uh, the at-home training, in a lot of ways, is kinda like a supplement to coming into the studio. So it's important to have a membership at a martial arts studio so that you can interact with other people, okay? You can sort of visually compete with other people so that you can see what, how to do movements, how to copy it, how to mimic it, uh, how to make it more effective, how to try it um, on, on uh, a partner and to uh, kind of, um, you know, help you out with uh, not with, with clearing your head about the delusions of grandeur. So I don't want you guys to do that, but I do want you guys to, uh, to supplement your martial arts training at home, okay? And if you don't have the opportunity to train inside a martial arts studio, for example, at our martial arts studio, um, I do have, offer a program that's once a week, um, so you can get your foot in the door. At least you can learn martial arts. Um, you can get all you can you can be like a sponge and soak up as much as you can in one day, and then spend the rest of your time working at home. Um, I've I've seen that work quite successfully, but you have to practice at home. Most kids in my martial arts studio that take the once a week program, I don't have hardly anybody on it right now, but all the ones that do never practice at home. So when they come to the studio. They remember nothing. And that doesn't really work out for you. So you have to make sure that you are supplementing. Okay? That's the bottom line. Now, um, 
today's secret word or phrase. It's more like a secret phrase. It's never a secret word, I don't think. It's been a phrase lately for a long time. Is um, spreading the new. Okay? So the secret phrase today is spreading the new. Now, I got that from a song, of course. Uh, that song that goes, start spreading the new. You know, so that's where I got that from. So if you mention this, you can get discounts. Uh, right now, we're offering $5 off any Karate Kid Master Dojo t-shirts. And we also are offering discounts on our uh, Universal Martial Arts stickers. Nobody's mentioned it yet. But you get the stickers um, for cheaper if you mention the, uh, the secret word or phrase. Okay? I offered that last week, and I will continue to do that. Um, we will have Karate Kid Master Dojo stickers next. Right now, we have Universal Martial Arts stickers in class, uh, but they're always fun, fun to have that in class, and uh, we look forward to having the Karate Kid Master Dojo one soon. So anyways, um, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy the rest of your week. Remember that we're here learning martial arts through everyday work, thus creating life around you, increased productivity, and a better world. This is Karate Kid Master Dojo. This is Master Craig. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye.